he did not want to shoot. Versus if you went back and you looked at the games in the Bahamas when we are playing Baja Blast Tech, he's letting those things fly. <laughs> Cal was the coach of, our, of at least my childhood. Uh, I mean, I was always a tubby guy. Um, I was a tubby kid growing up. Just take um, Muhammad Ali at, then, uh, at center. Then you have actually to played for Kentucky, Kentucky University of players. Kentucky. Oh, daggone it, guys. I did not prepare for this. Because they're both going to be key contributors to a national championship team. No, do not tell me to relax, Zach, because I'm all in on this squad, and it's going to happen. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt, Zach, BBN here, joined by just two-thirds of my Twitter best friends. Really, just one-third of my Twitter best friends at the moment. You'll find out why shortly. Currently, we just have Wildcat's tongue, and us two are rough to no good. WT, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I was I was genuinely doing pretty well, uh, given the circumstances as a Kentucky fan. Uh, but then today we decided to uh, go to dinner at Fazoli's. And now when we when you go to Fazoli's, you know, you're not getting like fine dining or anything like that. You know what you're getting into. But um, I I ordered uh, a pizza, you know, I, like I, I was in the mood for pasta. I wasn't really in the mood for any of their the typical Fazoli stuff. I was like, you know what? They make pretty de- decent pizza. It's aside from most of their uh, stuff. So I was like, you know what? Just give me a pizza, whatever. It was the most undercooked. Ooh. Like I was eating straight up dough and it was genuinely awful. Uh, I feel kind of not good <laughs> right now, which uh, I'm sure Buddy can simple- sympathize with. <laughs> um, but like it- it's kind of ruined my night because I was kind of excited to have a little bit of pizza tonight and uh, have it tomorrow as like leftovers. But no, I'm going to have to just pretty much toss it in the trash because genuinely one of the worst pizzas I've ever had. Your Get mistake was your mistake was not getting the Thai Thai trio. Is that still a thing? I, I you know, I'm not sure. But like typically when I go there, I get like the fettuccine Alfredo with like chicken and like I keep it simple. I'm not trying to like win any culinary awards uh but i decided to go with the uh pizza because you know simple thing that can be reheated pretty easily yeah. but no they decided to rush they, they they undercooked it but it still took forever to get to us like i i, I genuinely ruined my night now i'm going to be in a bad mood for this podcast i apologize well you solid chance you probably were going to be already in a bad mood based on what we have but to it, talk about well, yeah, pizza, that is true. Pizza is like the ultimate, just like you can never order too big of a pizza because worst case scenario, you throw it in the fridge, you put it in the oven the next day. You don't even need to heat the oven all the way up. Like as it's preheating, you just throw it in there. Oh my gosh. Dude, perfect. What I what changed my life is uh when I was growing up, uh we we uh microwaved our leftover pizza. Oh not good, gets no, all soggy, no. not great. When we got our first apartment, we I started putting it, I would preheat the fridge, put it in, and it was good, but it would take a long time. Now, I put it on my little pizza tray, put it in the oven. Uh, before it's turned on, I turn the oven on, preset it to 375. Mm-hmm. As soon as I hear that dinger go off, I know my pizza's done. Changed my life. Best pizza ever, dude. Fantastic. Yeah, it's ver- really close for me. I put it in, I preheat it to 350. As soon as it gets to 350, like it's like done. Like turn it off. It's fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, how are buddy, you doing? Hopefully better I, than me. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually doing good 
um, relative to the sports we have to talk about, or specifically the sport we have to talk about. I had a pretty good Monday at work. My $80 Drake hat came in the mail on Sunday, absolutely saved my weekend. Um, my mom came and visited me this weekend. Uh, she still lives down in Chicago. I, uh, or up in Chicago, technically, as I'm down here in Louisville. So it was nice. We went to Keeneland, um, had some breakfast on Sunday. So I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm sipping. I got Blantons in one hand and ale in the other. So I'm double fisted as the Beautiful. kids like to say, I'm, I'm having a great night and just one Twitter best friend, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe his situation. His dinner must have kind of sucked too. So he said he's gonna be a minute. He's given uh he's given something absolute hell right now. And we'll just leave it he's at that. He's dropping the kids off at the pool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, like typically we wouldn't start recording until everyone's ready, but Buddy specifically, first of all, told us to go ahead and start recording. And two, we thought it'd be uh funny to grill him on his current activities um but bradley won't be joining us he actually has had really good dinner so i'm guessing he's out in memphis or something right now he said Sounds he was like, at... even though he like 100 percent of the time is bashing memphis about everything he decided to spend his weekend there yeah he, uh, he said he's at billy richmond's dad's restaurant so maybe that's a good omen for things to come Hopefully getting some recruiting done. If if Bradley is the cause of Billy Richmond's re, uh, upcoming commitment to Kentucky, should he get any of the credit? He should get all of the credit. He should get as much credit as I got with Free Big Z. We should definitely <laughs> call into KSR and uh, ask. Uh, I do so... want to. I do want to give one <laughs> quick shout out. By the way, um, football game sucked. Um, after the game, first of all, I stayed. Me and my girlfriend, Christina, we stayed all the way through my old Kentucky home. That's how dedicated we are. Like a true fan. Yes, true fan. There were probably 11 Kentucky fans in the stadium. Me and my girlfriend were two of them. Another one was someone by the name of Ben. Ben came up to me after the game and said, hey, Matt Sack, is that you? I was like, yeah. He's like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, love the Rups No Good podcast. So, Ben, uh, I wasn't in the best of mood when you came up to me. It was cold and wet, and I just witnessed embarrassing football. So, I I'm sorry if I wasn't in the best of moods. Uh, it was really nice to see you and talk with you. I'm glad you are a certified friend of the program. And Did he tell you that you had the best hair on Twitter? I had a backwards hat on. He probably could not see. Man, so no one has ever told you they have the best hair on Twitter. One person has. One person has. That's got to be a lie. Like, that is... I'll have the person a... come on the podcast and confirm it one time. But anyways, shout out, Ben. Uh, I hope you are, had a relatively good rest of your weekend after watching that crappy football game. And I hope you're listening right now. DM me if you uh, are listening to this. But anyways, do you want to get into that crappy football game? Because I don't think Buddy wants to talk about it. So I think we'll just get it out of the way now. Oh, speaking of Buddy, Buddy, are you back? How are I'm you back. doing, Buddy? I'm back. Buddy, I, am... I want you to walk us through a play-by-play. -play. Of what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? I don't know what you told us... the good people of BBN, but uh, it's not. It's, I can't repeat it on this podcast. This is PG-13. You dropped the kids off at were... the pool. Yeah. Right. That's what Sorry, what did you say? Said, said you were uh, dropping the kids off at the pool. That is, yes, aggressively and uh, and with much... Uh, pressure uh yeah um <laughs> but we're back no i'm doing pretty good all things considered uh you know 
ups and downs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm normally mostly down. downs. Going, uh, mostly downs, lately downs. Yeah, no. Uh, um, but I'm doing good. I'm about to go on a vacation, which is going to be nice. Nice little trip. It's getting cold here, so I figured I'd go somewhere warm and then uh, get back right before basketball season and just show up. Do you want to disclose where you're going? Um, sure. I hope nobody doxes me. Uh, going to Puerto Rico. Nice. Um, well, we have a big fan base in Puerto Rico, so better watch out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, American territory, um, well known. Uh, you know, everywhere we're we're worldwide. And uh, what's I, the best Puerto Rico fact that you know? Puerto Rico fact? Yeah, go for it. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I don't know a ton of great Puerto Rico facts, probably. Um, but I did learn this, um, kind of in my little. Uh, in my my research for you know things to do uh, on this vacation, uh, and what I learned was that there are, are five like bioluminescent bays that are like year round. They have the glowing like you know plankton microorganisms, whatever. Like the glowing water, that's real cool. Um, there are five of them that are just like year round like that. Three of them are in Puerto Rico, so you know, know you know. Puerto Rico is our 14th biggest audience country. Really? Not not even a whole percent of our fan base comes from Puerto Rico. It's a, it shows less than 1% on Spotify, but it's number 14. That mean that's somebody. Yeah. I mean that means One, somebody in Puerto Rico is listening. Yeah. So the US is I'm going to be in, in the zone. Yeah, US is in first place with 97. Do you want to guess what's in second? Uh I'm going to guess Croatia? <laughs> no. Good guess. Probably Canada, if we're being real. United Kingdom actually surpassed Canada. Really? Hey, 2%. BBN. 2% of our uh, fan base. Oh, UK. I get it. I get it. Uh, okay, for So for every 50 listeners we have, one of them is from uh, across, the pro- across the pond. When you think about pretty it that good. way, that's pretty crazy. You know, what's also, you know what's also really cool about Rub to No Good? We now cover the winningest program in college basketball history. <laughs> we, that we is so true. And we do again, yeah. In Dude, fact, so, the funny thing is, if you think about it, like technically, by the same like rules that make us currently the winningest program in college basketball, we never weren't. Like you know, like you know, it, it doesn't count that so. they ever were. You know what I mean? For like a few months, like it. Those wins never should have counted, and so like retroactively, they can never be considered having like been the winningest program for that like period of time. Like just they can't even. I think that's a losing argument, but I'm here for it because uh, you know I I work with a Kansas fan, and uh, to gloat like the the comeback's pretty easy when I gloat about being the winningest program. It's like oh, I'd like so glad that you all did so much to earn that. Uh, and to them, I say, well, don't cheat, or at least when you cheat, like everybody else, don't get caught. Oh, dude, <laughs> they got off easy. Let's be real; they got off oh, so yeah. easy. Plus, they they had like five more seasons than Kentucky. Our win rate is something that they will never ever match or achieve. Like, and you know, I mean, if they won like nonstop, if they won every game for the next five or six seasons, they still probably wouldn't reach our, you know, our win rate. So they're they're just why what well, why doesn't every single program cheat at this point they had five level one no no school not even louisville had five level one stuff go on 
and they like their coach got to just take his self-inflicted suspension and they lost like 15 total wins. Like why doesn't every program just go out and cheat if they're not going to take away a final four? Well, I guess they technically did, but like, because they're they're not going to take, take away stuff. Because every program does not get the same treatment that Bill Self in Kansas gets. If I mean, you know, you buy a bird, you know, some of these like little, like mid-major schools and they like just nuke the whole school so yeah i saw someone like if cleveland state's golf team had like five level one infractions uh they would like they would physically bomb. Exist as a program <laughs> if they had like <laughs> they, yeah, they I mean, would they have a level place. two violation and they would have a worse punishment probably it's it's crazy asinine. what would a a golf a college golf program that probably doesn't even have like a full scholarship to offer do to have to get five level one. Oh my gosh. Violations. Yeah. <laughs> probably juiced balls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, probably buying their uh, recruits like seersucker or something. <laughs> what like, man, that, cause they're not like, cause, cause they got in trouble for like Kansas got in trouble for Adidas. Where they like, get foot joy involved. <laughs> trying to think of any golf brands right now. Callaway. Yeah, no. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Very happy to be once again say that we are the greatest uh program in the nation greatest. with the most wins. Always have been the greatest, but well, yeah. that's true, but like now with the most wins. <laughs> do y'all want to continue talking about that greatest program or do you want to get into football i want to finish with that because it'll make me happy i want <laughs> to should, go to bed we should probably tonight. get the yeah, football out of the way um so first of all i just want to say that i was at the game and it was yeah. completely sold out i was at keeneland um during the day and i somehow like lexington traffic just terrible and i got all the way like within a block of my parking lot and they said from this block on this street is only a one-way even though like the whole other lane was open so you have to turn around and go all the way through lexington traffic go like three miles out of your way so i barely walk into the stadium by the time of the game um and it's rocking like i show up i heard text all day like dude like no one's at the tailgate it's cold it's gray it's kind of raining like this kind of sucks i was like oh my gosh this is gonna be a bad environment no BBN showed up. We're in our new black uniforms. It's under the lights. Our team comes out. We go up 14-0. Kroger is as loud as it's been all year. It's rocking. And then one special teams blunder, and our team just forgets how to football. It's embarrassing. It's It's literally embarrassing that the coaching staff all week is like, BBN, show up. BBN, show up. I know I told you to pony up and say that we need your money. And you all showed up. You all did your part. You got the stadium loud. You got it rocking. And we just failed to be disciplined for 75% of a football game. You go up 14 nothing. Like... You go up 14 nothing at home. And you lose. You have two awful quarters. And somehow you're still winning going into the fourth quarter. You have a lead at home going into the fourth quarter with that crowd. And that talented of a team at home? Go ahead, WT. It just doesn't seem like any of the major players, except for maybe Ray Davis, but even sometimes not even him, that have that like extra switch of like competitiveness. Like you look back, 
Benny Snell had this. Steven Johnson had this. Lynn Bowden had this. Um, Chris Rodriguez, Will Levis, all these guys, like when they smelled blood, they attacked. Now it didn't work every time because, I mean, we play in the SEC and it's tough. But like you could tell when like shit hit the fan, like those guys turn it up a notch. Mm-hmm. You you get a fake punt, which like at the end of the day, it's still 14 to seven and you're getting the ball back with an offense that has shown that you could do anything. That should not have been a momentum swinging play. That's just like a, oh, wow, they have to use a fake punt to score points. That's that that's a good look for us. Let's keep keep it going. But no, they lost focus. They lost the edge like their play calling got worse. Ray Davis touched the ball five times in the second half. Five times. I know they're stacking the box. Your job, Liam Cohen, is to be creative. Get him the ball on the, like, perimeter. Let him do stuff out there. Like, your job is to get Ray Davis the ball, and you didn't get the ball. You're, like, the wide receiver's job. Your job is to catch the ball. Definitely your job is to throw the ball. Just guys just stop doing their job when they faced a little bit of adversity. And it's really frustrating for a coach that said, I will not accept like this team to like fold after the Georgia game. You didn't fold for the first quarter, but what happened after that? And I, I, we got two weeks to figure it out. And then we got a buzzsaw coming in. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Yeah. Well put. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't have, too much to say about it that i haven't already said online like it's just it's frustrating it's disappointing i always have to fight not to you know not to just kind of like check out of the football season especially around this time with the basketball season coming in i'm trying to be better about like you know still watching football games and but usually by this time we start losing random games and falling off and it's just kind of like takes the air out of you know out of it all but um yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, until, you know, somebody proves to me that we can, uh, you know, come ready for games like this and not just like, you know, have more than one quarter of like scripted plays or, you know, just more than one quarter of fight uh, per game, um, then I'm just not going to believe it because time after time, you know, yeah, there were some discipline issues and we should have come ready and we, you know, we fell apart here and there. And then we just do it again. And then we just do it again. And then we just do it again. Um, And so I've just kind of like lost hope that we're really gonna break through, maybe even maintain what, you know, the, like the levels of success that we've seen before. And it's just, it's disheartening, but it's fine. I mean, I'm still going to root for him. I'm still going to watch for him because I'm not, you know, fair weather about it, but uh, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's deflating it more than anything. I was annoyed at first because it was a bad game. It was embarrassing. But now I'm just just kind of numb. I feel like I was watching a like 2018 or even 2019 or 2021 Kentucky football game, but like the uniforms were flipped. It's like you have this one team that's not really as talented, um, and they kind of got hit with a little bit of adversity but they fought and they battled and they beat a team that was a little bit better than them that because the other team just were, they gave up. They weren't as mentally tough. Uh, Like they, they, the one team fought harder than the other team. 
And despite not being as talented, they fought and played above their like weight class. But now Kentucky's on the other side of it, where they're the more talented team. They're at home. They should win this game, but they didn't fight. They couldn't get through adversity. Um, they just completely folded at the first side of adversity. And they were like, it was not a fun team to root for. Like, I don't want to just like, like trash our team. But for you, for Barry on Brown to be as talented as he is, and for him to have gotten some absurd NIL deal to come back, and he's pretty much the face of our offense. It's like Barry on, he's going to have Leary thrown to him, and it's going to be one of the best wide receivers. He might be as good as Wandale. And outside of one kick return for a touchdown, he hasn't done anything all year. He drops passes, he doesn't get open. He lets someone like he lets his cornerback absolutely beat him and gets picked off and he decides to smack the cornerback in the face when we're losing. That's like the stuff that we saw happen to us. It's like our team would make the tough and gritty play. And then we'd see the other team trying to take it out by like trying to fight us. I remember that happened so many times. Like how many times do we see other teams just like be a bunch of punks to our guys? And we're just like, all right, we're going to beat you on the field. Now we're watching it the other way around. And I love Barry on. I have a Barry on jersey. I wear it every other week, switching off with my DeAndre Square one. But how he's been this year has been unacceptable. I could say the same, about, same thing about Dane Keith. I'll say the same thing about Devin Leary. All the people that WTU said that need to be leaders, that need to have that extra dog in them. When adversity hits, you guys have to be the ones to step up. They do the opposite. And it's been a season-long thing. Yeah, I'm I'm tired of picking Barry and Brown as my uh, MVP every week. I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to stop that. Uh, one thing that I've seen a lot of, and this is from Stoops, this is from fans, this is part of what you said, Zach, is like so much of what we're seeing is unacceptable. Like it's unacceptable for us to, um, like I'm not, like Stoops saying, I'm not going to allow the team to come out flat after a loss of Georgia. It's unacceptable to be this undisciplined with like 14 penalties for more yards than we passed for. It's unacceptable to see these drops or to see all this like immaturity what does not accepting it look like? And I think that's the next step over the next two weeks. Like you could say it's unacceptable as a coach, as fans, but what does actually not accepting it looks like look like? Because we are seeing it every week now. Yeah. The discipline issues have been a thing since like week two. The drops have been an issue since week one. The accuracy issues have been an issue since like week one or two. Um, the defensive issues have been an issue for like the last two weeks. Offensive uh, line penalties. Offensive line, yeah, everything like everything that we keep saying are like fixable mistakes and unacceptable like mistakes seem like they're being not fixed and they're being accepted because we're not fixing them. Like they're 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 it's we we just played our seventh game of the season and we're they're still doing it now. They have two weeks. I know. I think that bye week stat is stupid, because like, you have your bye week always in the middle of SEC play, like right before big games. Like I get it, um, but like still, he doesn't have the best track record after bye weeks. Or um, against Tennessee. Or against Tennessee, right? So, what are you going to do as a coach to not just show the team, but show the fans that you are actually not going to accept what has been happening? Or is it just talk? Yeah, yeah. It, it's 100% just been talked at this point. Everything's been talked. It's 
Devin Leary is coming in. He's going to be better than Will Levis before he throws a pass for Kentucky. He's going to be the best quarterback of the Stoops era. Barry and Brown, Dane Key, we're the best wide receivers in the SEC. This is the best defense since 2018. All right, it might have looked like that for half of Ball State and a quarter of EKU and half of Akron and 70% of the Florida game and 0% of the Georgia game and 25% of the Mizzou game. But when are you going to show it for a whole freaking game? And the uh, fun, the fun and Mark Stoops is looked- Mark Stoops needs like he just cannot make it any better. <laughs> I mean, these press conferences are terrible. Of course, that's the performance you have after Pony up. And I don't know. I apparently have to look at the full context of his tweet where he followed it up (laughs) and trying to make a joke or whatever. I'm sorry. I guess I wasn't in the joking mood. I don't know. Yeah. um, I I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't listen to the Mark Stoops show that much. Uh, I did see the full quote from what he said today. It's not great. Like, we're not in a joking mood. We're not like looking for him to get zingers and like to say that oh i'm just trying to like talk back and forth with fans like no we want answers uh um but talking about like not playing a complete game uh i looked up a stat today and it may have been said by someone else i just haven't seen it um of kentucky against sec opponents this year in the first quarter we are winning the first quarter 51 to 14 those 14 points are only to georgia so against non-georgia sec teams we're 51 and nothing in the second and fourth quarter, we are being outscored 61 to 117. Huh. It's crazy. Does we have been outscored. Like the, does that include like the terrible teams we've played? Like everyone? This is just SEC. Just SEC. Oh, okay. So we got outscored by Vandy in the second to fourth quarters. We only outscored Florida by like four in the second and fourth quarters. That was that was our best game of the season so far. I don't have to tell you what happened to Georgia. And then we were up 14 to nothing against Mizzou. And then we lost by like two touchdowns. It's crazy. The mental toughness that this team is showing. It's just non-existent. A lot of, a lot of talk that like started all these Mark Stoops comments was like, can you make the next jump? Can you make the next step? And personally, I don't care. I don't care. If you can, that's fantastic. I will be so happy if we could ever get to 10 or 11 SEC wins or ever beat Georgia or ever make a, a run at the college football playoff or a New Year's Six Bowl. I'll be so freaking happy. But I don't need that. Like for basketball, I probably need, you know, one or two seed, win either the SEC regular season title or an SEC championship and make an at least Elite Eight. For me, like the equivalent of like a basketball elite eight for Kentucky is an eight win season, eight or nine win season. And I'm fine with that. I'll take that. I would like some better years, you know, and you might have some worse ones, but I'm, I will take eight to nine Kentucky football wins. What I'm not fine with is us so focused on this next step that we don't even realize that we've just taken two step backs, two steps backwards. What is the I don't, next step? Do you, do you see a scenario where we finish the season better than seven and five now better than seven and five. No. So that means, I mean, at, at by, best, by saying no, like we could, oh, but I, I, I personally don't see it. I, that means in our personal opinions, at best, we finish with back-to-back seven and five seasons. And there's a chance that we have six wins or don't even make a bowl this year. I'm just saying like, if our team completely falls over, I could see this scenario. 
I I hope not. I'm still gonna be at every game cheering for them. But it's if every single year we win nine games and three losses, you know, we lose to Georgia, we lose to Tennessee, we have one random stinker, but we beat Florida and Louisville. I'm happy. Why are we losing the Vandy at home? Why are we losing the Mizzou at home? Why are we losing the South Carolina at home? So uh, this is technically behind a paywall. It's on KS board, but I'm going to give a shout out to Brandon Ramsey, act like legitimate friend of the show. Um, the question was asked, what is, what is the next level and can we get there? And I thought he had a really, really good response to this. He kind of spelled it out. So the first step in this program was making back-to-back bowl games, which was a huge step. Step two was having a breakout season where we won 10 games. It wasn't, I don't think we ever saw it as consistent, but it was taking that next step of doing it once. Step three, he says, is what we are skipping. And that's what we haven't gotten to. And that is consistent nine to 10 win seasons, consistently being the second best team in the East. We say online that we are the second best team in the East right now. We have been. Well, there have been seasons we've been second best, but that's only happened twice. 2018 and 2021, we finished second in the East. Every other year under Stoops, we have failed to meet, beat, get to second. Actually, since 2018, we haven't even gotten third. We've gotten either second or fourth. I think maybe one third place finish in there. So like, I think that next step isn't a New Year's Six Bowl. The next step isn't like a playoff uh, team or even beating Georgia. That next step is just being consistently where we say we are which is second in the East. And we're not going to do it this year. Mizzou's going to take that spot from us. Tennessee probably couldn't take the next spot, and we'll see what South Carolina does. Probably not. <laughs> South Carolina sucks right now. But um, we have to show next season with probably a new wave of talent coming in that we can consistently be where we want to be. Yeah, and, and that's not that's not Mount Everest. You know, like no, says, that's not Mount Rushmore. Yeah, or, or whatever. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> he said Mount Rushmore, and he definitely did not mean to say Mount Rushmore. Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, I thought he said Mount Everest. <laughs> that's funny. No, yeah, that's um. I mean, no, that it's just not. You know what I mean? Like no one's. I, I guess that one fan asked you to like start beating teams like Georgia and Alabama. Like, no, that's not what most people are asking or expecting of you. I mean, I've got some people in my Twitter mentions who are like, we should be playing for championships. And I'm like, I don't know guys, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not too much to ask for. And like, I don't know. You just, I don't know. I'm not even gonna just go on. And that's like, that's where like these pony up comments get ridiculous. It's like, I'm not asking you to be a more talented team than Georgia. I'm asking you to fucking beat Mizzou at home after you ask Kroger to sell out and they're absolutely electric and you go up 14-0. We're just asking you not to choke the freaking game. We probably have a better NIL system than Mizzou. What are we doing? We have more talent. And and being Luther Burton had two catches. (laughs) He's their only good player. What are we doing? Being being patient with Stoops has paid off before, um, but I don't know. He's just his process might be the slowest, uh, the slowest of all all coaches in the history of. <laughs> I mean, that look. while like, we've been after that twenty twenty one season, we were talking about all right. We like we we've arrived. This is now who we are. Since then, we have lost wow. our most recent home games to Vanderbilt, Missouri, and South Carolina. It's like interesting home games. I pointed this out on the timeline, but it's interesting how the fans have kind of 
the bar has been raised on Stoops. And, you know, this was the case as it should be. And and Stoops should be proud that the bar has been raised because he's the one that raised it on himself. You know what I mean? You're a victim of your own success in a way. And, you know, you shouldn't be mad at that. Like, are you going to stand up to that challenge or are you going to whine and pout at the fans whenever they call into the show? You know what I mean? So you should be happy about that. Um, uh, Go ahead. Talking about raising the bar, like this is what happened to Cal. And we say it's a good thing. He had like a six year stretch that no one in the sport has had since like the seventies. He went to four final fours, won a championship, nearly went undefeated. Like that is such an impossible bar to set for yourself, but that's what he did. And now we judge him based on that potential of his. Now, I also think that we've been underperforming, even if the uh, expectations were more realistic, obviously. But the reason why there's been such a huge fan uh, like outcry against Cal is because he set that bar so impossibly high. Now, Stoops hasn't set it impossibly high, but he's set it higher than it's ever been at Kentucky. And that that's a victim of his own success. It looks like you were saying. And some of us were here last year, by the way. And this is where all those like double standard comments were coming from. And I don't want to get, you know, it's not basketball versus football. And I, I don't like the people that are ringing back the videos. Uh, no offense, Big Oscar, but like, it, you know, it's just, there's no need to like continue that that fight. Um, but I mean, this is where people were saying there's a double standard last year is because Cal raised the bar on himself and everyone expects him to like reach it again. Then last year we kind of underperformed in football and, like it felt like that Stoops was getting a lot of breaks and, you know, the excuses were accepted and well, you know, if the standards are, you know, of course there's different standards for football and basketball. Now it's, it seems like people are, you know, I mean, as much as we talked and as many good recruits as we got and as, you know, as arrogant really as, you know, Matt Jones said on, on their postgame show uh, as arrogant as, you know, we've been, and as we've talked, the expectation is for you to back that up on the field. And we just haven't yet. This is one of the most arrogant teams I've seen in Kentucky football history. And I'm just, that's what almost had me thinking, like, this is just a player issue. Like, why maybe they just got a, you know, an arrogant bunch of kids and that's just not the culture we've built. But it starts at the top. I mean, Stoops, like, every time that he's been here, it's been, we're going to recruit, we're going to develop. We not might not be the most talented team, but we're going to fight hard. We're going to hit hard. Teams aren't going to want to play us. Now it's like, pony up and we need more money to do what we want to do like the sense of entitlement it's we deserve this we deserve this we are this and you don't back it up it it starts with stoops it honestly does in my opinion i still want to i'm I'm still gonna ride or die with stoops but i i think kind of like cal had to do it's time for him to take a long hard look in the mirror and say all right what's gone wrong here why are we taking multiple steps backwards why is our program going the way it is? And it's my time to adjust. Yeah, that's the thing when we're talking about this sort of stuff. Like as much as we try to compare them and like pit them against each other, there's a lot of similarities between yeah. Stoops and Cal. They like they do it differently. Cal came in and had success immediately. Stoops, it took time to build, but they both raised the bar on themselves and they both have not met those expectations for a couple of years in a row now. And how they respond to that kind of shows where I think those like programs are supposed to be and like where those programs, like how we treat them. Like when football fails, we still are like, okay, well, if we can get to eight and four, it'll still be a successful season. If we just beat Tennessee, then I'll be happy with how the season went. With basketball, it's like, no, it, it, it'll take a final four for us to stop being mad at you <laughs> pretty much. Um, 
So like they're, they're very similar because they both face adversity because they raised the bar on themselves and then haven't really met those expectations. It's a matter of th- this is a very crucial season for both programs. Football is not going in the right direction. They have time to turn it around, but now it's up to basketball to turn it around themselves. Speaking of basketball, we had Big Blue Madness on Friday. I actually, I, I will be honest, I didn't watch one second of it. I really? saw on Twitter that Zvonimir Ivicic exists. And he's really tall. Yes. Did you guys watch? Can you confirm <laughs> that? I did watch. Dude. And it's true, he's tall. It's and he exists? On... Well, I mean, I, you know, I guess that there are some like bradley level conspiracies that could be at play here and he may not exist but but, um i think he he... might be the first kentucky basketball player in history to not exaggerate his height on his bio (laughs) like if oscar's six foot nine then zvonimir is like seven foot eight (laughs) like it's crazy how tall that guy is like he makes boogie look small he makes like he's taller than aaron bradshaw who's also listed seven foot two um and i he's he's gonna be good uh uh, it's gonna take some time but he's got to go up against hunter dickinson here in a couple weeks it's gonna be fun my favorite part about him is that he's a was it a communications major like he's literally an english major (laughs) (laughs) to be fair a lot of basketball players are communications majors for a redacted reason but do you think yeah. do you think that made it harder for him to get in? Like, do you think like the English requirement is higher? But like, if he was like a like I don't know, like an engineering major, he would have got in quicker. No. I I feel like a lot of players are like undecided, like especially the one and dones. They come in and they yeah. say they're undecided. So, uh, in his interview, by the way, the interview with Cal, cutest thing in the world. Um, oh, but yeah. in his interview, he was like, "My mom wanted me to finish school." So like what what does that mean? It's gonna be your four years. Four years for Zvonimir. Do they <laughs> no, have, I don't actually think that. Do they have one and a half semester like universities in Croatia? Is he a little confused? So you just show up like halfway into the midterm of semester one and then you're kind of good to go. I don't know, but whatever it took to get him here, whatever it looks like, he's here uh he speaks english he proved it i think cal did that specifically <laughs> to like show hey admissions <laughs> office this guy's fine um one weird thing i want to talk about the uh, interview i know we started off wanting to talk about big blue madness but that interview that cal posted with with zvonimir cal multiple times said i can call him big z but you the fans need to call him by his first name what do you think is up with that do you think he doesn't like being called big z I don't know. I was wondering about that. It's a good question. He did. He did reference Oscar Shibway, so maybe it was like a. Do you know what I think it might be? It might be a like a a, a severe versus severe thing, where it's kind of like, hey, don't mispronounce his name for like an entire season. Like I'm listening. Like I'm talking to you, media. Like please do not like call our guy the wrong name for like ninety percent of his UK career. So maybe he's just trying to get it out there. Hope so. But by the way, even uh, I saw people like quote tweeting it with like, okay, he showed us how to pronounce it and then mispronounced it in their spelling of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you see the letter I in his name, it's an E sound. I looked up Croatian. I can speak Croatian fluently now. 
uh it's an e sound that's a, that's a joke by the way um that that little s with a little thing over it it's an sh sound and the c is a ch sound so it's zvanimir evishich evishich zvanimir evishich 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 now you, now you could you don't want to emphasize every single like syllable you kind of talk quickly through, through there zvanimir evishich but like that's how that's essentially how you say it or you can go back and like watch his highlights from croatia and you can hear like the announcer yell it that's one way you can learn how many games into the season do we think it takes till someone calls him like a visage somebody's gonna call him sick within within two games (laughs) dick vital on his first call Oh, dude, he's I don't think he's going it this year. So I don't think he's going this year. But yeah. I think, uh, uh, he's uh, he's the big Z, baby. How does he do that? <laughs> I feel like every college basketball fan has a Dickie V impression. Oh, yeah. You have to. I mean, it's seared into your mind. <laughs> It's a diaper dandy, baby. <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. Really good. But yeah, uh, you brought it up, but uh, Zvonimir might need him sooner than later. Might have to play against Hunter Dickinson in Kansas. Where, what was the official thing that came out of Big Blue Madness? I saw something saying five to six weeks into the season, or maybe uh, Aaron Bradshaw and Ugo will be back from the entry in five to six weeks from now. But from I now. heard like well, they'll be they'll be ready to play in five to six weeks, or they'll be back starting to like shoot around in five to six weeks. What's what was the official thing that wound up getting out of there? Uh, it wasn't so, super official, but go yeah, ahead. If if official is Seth Greenberg saying it on Twitter, uh, then the official word is that five to seven weeks from pro day is okay. when they will be back and back can mean anything. But I also want to stress, they also said that the timeline was like, they'll be back in early August. So like when we look at foot injuries, look at Jared Vanderbilt, look at uh, PJ Washington um, foot injuries, especially with big men is a tight rope. Like it is so dangerous to push these guys back into playing like I'm sure whenever they first did those surgeries on those guys, like they gave honest timelines, like, Hey, you'll be back by the season. Like that was, that was their ultimate goal. But you have to be so careful with these foot injuries and these foot surgeries because one wrong move, like pushing them back in too quickly can derail an entire career. Now, hold on, hold on. I saw that um, American flag emoji, David four, three, four, two, four, American flag emoji said <laughs> in Matt Jones comments that he would never play a minute at Kentucky. So I'm afraid we, we're not going to get Aaron Bradshaw according to, according to him. Dude, Shaden Sharp ruined this fan base <laughs> even more than it was already ruined. <laughs> like Shane Sharp was obviously an awful situation, but it was such a unique situation. Like yeah. Stuff something, something like like Cal will not let something like Shade and Sharp happen again because he he got bamboozled. Like he'll be the first to admit it. He probably won't admit it publicly, but like, yeah, he got tricked. He's not letting that happen. If Aaron Bradshaw is wearing a Kentucky jersey or, or if he's sitting on a bench, it's because he is going to play or he is willing to play. Yeah. Now, he's not going to play until he's healthy and or or until like 
he doesn't think he's going to ruin his career by playing on his foot. But he, if he is still with this team, is because he is going to play. I'm maybe this is a hot take. I'm not as worried about the scenario of you know Bradshaw and Ugana and Yenzo miss extended time. What do you do in the scenario where they are out a little bit and Trey and Zvonimir are excellent at the five and Adu is absolutely killing it at the stretch four and now all of a sudden you have two seven-foot-two guys that you have to integrate in January. What do you do then? Like if this team is top three in the country, you only drop a game or two, maybe you're undefeated going in SEC play. I don't know. And stretch four Adu looks like a lottery pick and – Trey Mitchell looks like he did in uh, Canada or wherever we played. What do you do? I mean, whoa, what you a play, terrible problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> you play all seven, all three seven footers at the same time. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> play whoever. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Yes. Dude, no. I am ready for it. A duo. Everybody point. who's Trey Mitchell as a shooting guard and then all three seven footers. A met, like, I say it as a joke, but. Also imagine how do you guard that and how do you play offense against that? If Cal did that just to troll everybody, <laughs> it would be all time. You know what I mean? Just, was... <laughs> we're up 35 points and we just, yeah, I need to see. I it. hope he puts that as our starting lineup against like Louisville. <laughs> just to like say, hey, <laughs> F you, Kenny. No, no. <laughs> but I, I, did miss, I did miss Big Blue Madness. Um, did anything stand out? Were there any player or even like the pro day? I didn't watch that all. Did anything stand out from either of those two events that got you Joey's a little, a little tingly heart, dude? Heart. <laughs> I know I, sh- I, that's my first time dropping the F bomb on this podcast, but it was deserved. It was Joey Hart might be the Naismith player of the year. If you just watch pro day and the big blue madness dunk contest. Well, period. Uh, no, Joey, look, I love that, like, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's funny how the team acts around, you know what I mean? Like, he hit that dunk, <laughs> and they lost their minds. <laughs> and the fans going crazy. I, you can just tell that this is the next meme. Is no matter what Joey Hart does, everyone is just going to lose their their mind, just going crazy. For, and, and I love that. It's going to be, it's going to be a pretty funny year. Two things about Joey Hart. Number one, whenever we talk about him, the only thing I picture is that uh, picture from uh, Drake's house in the, the pool, pool where he's like, where turn, he's around like backwards. <laughs> turn around backwards, like covering his chest, like the most like middle school boy sort of pose in a pool. Um, very funny. Uh, but second, I just know because of his um, paleness that he is going to be the next basketball Benny solution to every single problem that we have. Oh no. We've got to play the first option is we got to play Reed more. Well, then after that, we got to play Joey more. Cause like, did you see what he did at big blue madness? Did you see what he did at pro day? Like Joey's the answer. Did he have to play defense at the pro day or defense at <laughs> big blue madness? Not really. It, legitimately though. I mean, that's good depth. You know what I mean? Like actually like if that it guy's is. like, you're like, you know, 11th piece or whatever, like that's pretty good. There's a reason why we went and got him. We got him as like Antonio insurance, yeah. but like he there, he's on the Kentucky roster for a reason. And it's not to be like a GPA boost. Like he is there to contribute. Now that contribution may be five minutes a game this year and mostly in like blowouts and a lot of memes. and a lot of memes. Thank you. Uh, but like, let's say Justin twists an ankle and is out for a few games. Let's say Dilly is struggling. Let's say Antonio, like, 
is hurt for a couple games. Joey isn't going to come in and start and play 30 minutes, but he's going to allow you to have some depth at those guard positions to kind of fill those gaps if he needs to. Not not even like if someone gets hurt. Let's just say like Reeves comes out and is missing shots and I don't know, like DJ like Wagner's out there. He's half-assed in effort. You have a guy that's a dog on your bench that's going to be like, all right, if you're not going to play, Cal put me in. I'm going to make people earn their minutes. Like Cason Wallace, not that like he didn't try hard, but he literally did not have to try to get 38 minutes a game. He pretty much had to be out there by default. Cal probably would have played him more if he could, if he wasn't on one leg. Um, yeah, not saying he didn't play hard, but it, it, like the, these guys have to play hard if they want to play. There's just that much depth. Joey Hart. I'm really excited to see him in a couple of years. Uh, was WT was it you that or over the next few years? I didn't mean to sound like he wasn't going to play in two years, but was it you that was like taking quotes out of context and kind of referencing Joey Hart in them? Like Jack Pilgrim like posted an article about Rob Dillingham, but it wasn't didn't say it was about Dillingham, and like it was just a quote from a scout that was like this guy is unstoppable in transition. And then you just kind of quote tweeted about Joey Hart or something like that. <laughs> no, I and think, every, I and everyone in your comments was just like, watch Cal not play him. I think That's that was Shay. Someone did Well, the it. Th- funny yeah. thing about it is that in that article that, it, that I think it was Shay who's quoting in the article, there is nowhere that says unstoppable in transition like that. No, it was about well, Dillingham. It said it about was Dillingham. It? Yes. I read that thing like twice. And I'm like, I can't find this quote anywhere. Did he just make it up? But anyway, yeah, like that was hilarious. Cause I, I, I searched for it. I'm like, it did the did he really say that about Joey Hart? Like and I started tricking myself into believing, like, you know what? I can kind of see it how he could be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Shay. I want to find the tweet. But it was literally just a Jack Pilgrim tweet that didn't say the guy, but it had the quote. And was basically, this guy is unstoppable in transition. And then just the quote tweet was, yeah, Joey Hart is, I don't know. I don't know. But that's funny. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. Cannot hurt to have guys that are really good on your team that fight hard and push other guys to be good. What a concept. Bang. Um, oh, did you guys see the ESPN list of top 25 players that came out? I made a really cool tweet about it. Kind of banged. ESPN listed their top 100 NBA players. If you look at the top 25, seven of them are from Kentucky. The next highest college is Duke, tied with Texas, tied with Weber State, tied with Davidson, tied with Fresno State, tied with San Diego State, tied with, I'm trying to remember what other colleges. I think there was like a New Mexico State. You remembered all that. I thought you were reading this. Yeah, tied with high school, thanks to LeBron. All with one. No other college has more than one top 25 player in the NBA per ESPN. Kentucky has seven. If you want to take international players, Europe. Think of how much talent is coming from Europe. They only have three. They have Luka, they have Jokic, and they have Giannis. Think of how much talent in Europe. Kentucky has produced more than twice as many top 25 NBA players as all of Europe right now. And, and who seven is times as much as one? any college. Who's the highest ranked one? It's some four-star recruit that came in as a multi-year point guard and Man. was a one-and-done lottery pick that is now a top-ten player in the NBA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. My like, hero, man. My my favorite thing is when people say, oh, Cal can't develop. Like, he just gets these five stars, and, of course, they're already going to get drafted. Like, da 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 
they don't like you don't know basketball at that point like first of all five stars don't grow on trees second of all five stars aren't guaranteed to get drafted and third of all he has so many guys that he elevated their draft stock um while in college even if it's just for a year uh so yeah sga making us proud uh seven top 25 and i think how many total in the top 100 do you know I think it was like 10 quickly snuck in there another guy that was he wasn't even a top 20 recruit uh came back only averaged five points as a freshman wasn't one and done wins sec player very different ask you ask yeah now he's a, a top 100 player in the nba but it's just to show you like they did have very similar freshman year stats people forget that um but he put in the work. He put in the work. I do want to. Uh, I I did challenge you guys a couple weeks ago to find the tweet that I made that was worse than my Devin Askew one. So for the, for all y'all that don't know, I made a tweet uh, like four or five years ago comparing Devin Askew and Emmanuel Quickly's freshman year stats after we lost to Mississippi State in the SEC championship to somewhat justify that Devin Askew like obviously wasn't going to pro. I assumed he was just going to come back and not transfer. So I was like, hey, look at their stats. For all you Devin Askew haters, maybe he can make a huge leap like quickly. That he did not. That is my second worst tweet of all time. I challenged <laughs> you to find my worst tweet. Did y'all find which one it was? I tried. I got close. So you were on the right track, WT. Do you remember kind of like what you said? I got close because you. I think you were justifying Graham Mertz or something like that, or it was it Devin Leary or some some sort of Kentucky quarterback uh take that you had so my my take was i forgot the exact tweet but it was something about dj ugulele or whatever his name is dj from clemson yeah Yeah. i said like someone was like making a like a thing like oh this guy might transfer this is like in week three or four by the way so he might transfer at the end of the year these rumors started yeah yeah i said get this guy in the Scangarello lab for next year and let's like roll or something like that. Like it was really bad. (laughs) So not only did I want a really bad quarterback to transfer, I said, put him in the Skang lab. I'm going to look up the exact tweet. It was really bad. Right now for this. Okay. Oh, I found it. I found it. September 5th, 2022. You're quote tweeting yourself because uh, Brandon Walker at BFW said, I don't know who DJ Ui Agale is uh, who will, or who he'll play QB for next year, but it ain't going to be Clemson. Um, yeah. You replied cat. And then you quote tweeted that dead serious, put DJ in the Skangarello lab with Barry on and key and see what happens. Oh no, it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> Barry on and key. Oh man, I'm gonna look up DJ Wendelay's stats right Um, now. Dane Key with the worst drop rate in college football is a crazy stat. It's honestly insane. I don't want to get back to talking about football because that'll make me sad. Uh, but let's see. This year, DJ has a 60% completion percentage, 1500 yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. So, like, I don't think your DJ quote was that bad actually because he's a lot better than what we've got right now <laughs> oh. I don't know. i'm gonna ask twitter is this worse than my <laughs> ask you quickly tweet that's hilarious um 
So I think we need to, I, I want to preview the uh, blue white game. I know there's not a ton to preview. It's not like we're picking who's going to win or anything, um, but just kind of what we're looking for. And then we can get into some uh, listener questions. Yeah. It, I, I love the tradition of putting uh, the blue white game all around the state. I hope it can get out West someday and us three can go. Yeah. That'd be nice. I'm not driving out to go like, to Kentucky. Yeah. rent out the yum center to do this <laughs> that'd be so good <laughs> that'd actually be funny, <laughs> be funny. <sighs> what listeners questions do we have for tonight i think there were, i saw a lot of good ones oh uh, we had uh some good ones and some from skid so uh it's really <laughs> a mixed bag here um all right, I'm just going to go with the first one I see, uh, and that's Corey uh, at Corey Cottle BBN. Okay. Uh, he, this is our most liked uh, question and probably our entire show's existence. He says, thoughts on Israel. And uh, t- tell you what, uh, I've known about Israel for a little bit. I really liked their performance uh, last summer against Auburn. Uh, their national team did beat Auburn uh, last year. Uh, which I thought was really impressive. Uh, I mean, Auburn isn't going to be, they're not literally not world beaters, uh, but yeah, Israel's national team performed really well in that game because clearly this is a basketball podcast. That's has to be what he's asking about, right? Surely. Uh, Surely. The backstory, the backstory on this, by the way, is today me and Corey have a friend who was randomly retweeted by Israel yesterday Wait, like at is yes at israel <laughs> yes so shout out to my man king of finland what did they have to say twitter. in order he, literally it was just like he's a dolphin's twitter account and he tweeted like it was just like a, out of a press conference and he was like uh here to a stopped in his press conference to give his thoughts on israel and at israel like the verified 1.3 million followers account retweeted it and there of course the comments are filled with like torture videos like the craziest shit you've ever seen in your life but anyway so he was telling us that israel retweeted it which is already crazy and i was like i wonder if i can bait israel into retweeting me by calling into mark stoop's show and asking his thoughts on israel and then posting that and (laughs) so this is where can i I say who this guy is uh that your friends like twitter name yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, this is King of Finland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So King of Finland, who I've I think I've met. I've met him, right? You have met him. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I met him. Very nice guy. Not someone I would expect to be a part of like a international like humanitarian crisis. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He was just tweeting just the video of what Tua said about Israel, like no comments, and then Israel um, you know, retweeted him. Wow. And so yeah. So anyway, if we can get if we can get Mark Stoops' thoughts on Israel, then uh, I think we can I think we can <laughs> bait Israel into retweeting it this time. Given his recent press conference track, I hope he's not asked. But uh, at B Barrett twenty two oh two, he uh, he asked a very similar question. He wants to know our opinion and thoughts on Big Z. Personally, and I am Zvonimir. We're we're not allowed yes. to call him oh, Big yeah. Z. It's Zvonimir. Personally, I am pro Zvonimir. I I like Zvonimir. That's my opinion on him. That's my stance. I I support Zvonimir. I support Zvonimir as a basketball player. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> no, That's but I 
I really like Big Z. Uh, we when we first got him, we kind of talked about oh, in, insurance policy in case uh, you know, if he's your third best center behind Brad Sean Ugo, you're feeling pretty good. Now it looks like he might be center number one, or maybe two, depending on how we use Mitchell. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Cal is never one to like go super overboard. He usually hypes up his team, but he never has been like about a single player. This guy's gonna be good. You know, it, it, especially like if it's a returning player, maybe. But how many freshmen come in that are kind of even more under the radar? And he's like, well, this guy is going to be good. I'm excited to coach this guy. I'm going to single out this guy and say I'm ready to coach him. Um, and honestly, it means something in of, the it means something in the first two to three days he's been on campus. Cal's excited about. It's kind of surprising that he's doing that because of how much pressure and potential scrutiny he's going to be under in that Kansas matchup. Because like saying, oh, he's going to be good is like setting him up, setting him up for a potential like criticism uh, from the fan base if he doesn't perform well. Uh, but you also have to think like Zvonimir didn't grow up playing a bunch of neighborhood kids from Croatia. Like he grew up, he played on the Croatian youth national team. So he's played against high competition in Europe. He's also played professionally. So like he's played grown men uh like not just a bunch of 18 year olds so like when he goes up against like guys like hunter dickinson yes hunter might be the best center he's ever played against but it's not like he's never played against physicality or ever played against like guys more physical than him so i don't think i I think we should give him slightly more credit than we maybe have been okay i found this question just while you guys were talking and i wasn't listening i found this solicitor's question i think it's pretty good a uh, typical Kentucky fan at typical KY fan 13 said, all right, new hypothetical. You are on deal or no deal, and you are down to your final two cases. On the board, you have a $1 million case and the $1 case remaining. The banker calls with his final offer and says, I will offer you $50,000, and I will guarantee a national championship for the sport of your choice for the University of Kentucky. Are you taking the deal or are you taking your chance on getting a million-dollar case? So I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correct. So I could either essentially have a, a coin flip between winning a million or just $1, or yes. I can guarantee $50,000 in a women's swimming team national championship? <laughs> yes, yes. That's okay. true. Yeah. Dude, he could have left out the $50,000, and it would be a difficult choice for me. Yeah. I think I think I take the guaranteed fifty thousand dollars in the national championship yeah. pretty yeah. easily. That would, me too, hundred percent. I think. I think I pick basketball. Like, I think I pick. Honestly, I I'd, I'd probably pick like a free meal from like McDonald's and a national championship in that situation. Like, I think I would just like if it was like a dollar in one case and a, a like a guaranteed national championship in the other case, or you get like a guaranteed million dollars, then which one are you doing? I would take the guaranteed Ooh. million dollars. <laughs> yeah. You would take it at that point? You wouldn't take the there's a shot? Well, there's a situation you shot. you come out with $1 and no championship. Because then you could take that million dollars and donate it, donate to the 15 uh, club and Pony pay up. for more players. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, shut up. All right, okay. So what about, <laughs> what about, one more, one more. You get, either you get, to take away the million dollars, or you have a 50-50 coin toss between a national championship and the fifty thousand hmm. dollars. Hmm. So that's oh. like a win-win-win. Yeah, that's so slightly worse wins. Well, I, I think mean, I you would lose nine hundred and fifty, you know, thousand dollars. 
So well, yeah. you don't lose it. You're just not winning it. But uh, I think I think I would take the million dollars because I feel good without even this like deal or no deal genie uh, having to force a national championship. I think our team could just win it anyways. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's hard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. All uh, right. Uh, there's a question from friend of the program, him Coleman. He says, uh, which R2NG member would be the best soldier? We might find out soon. Bradley, 100%. I would say Bradley. Bradley is just crazy enough. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Skid asked me, does Buddy's insult against me a couple of episodes still hold up or no? I can't remember what I said, so no. Whatever it is, you're forgiven. You're free now. Uh, Skid also asked us to rank like our favorite noodles. He specifically like DM'd us and said to ask to rank our favorite types of noodles. Sorry, as you were reading that, I was looking at my phone and got a DM from him just now as you were reading that. And it says, you see me, I'm holding the notification here. It says, (laughs) did you know cheese is the most commonly stolen food on earth? I have no context to that. I just, <laughs> as you were reading that from him, that it came down on the notifications bar on top. So, yeah. like I said, we have good questions, and then we have skits questions. <laughs> a good, a good example of a good question is certified mother's boy. He says, "Who are the top five most likely guys to make a wow play on this year's team?" I'm glad you gave us five because if you left that at one, I'd have to think. But if you went to five, I think Dillingham needs to be on that list. I think Adu mm-hmm. needs to be on that list. I oh, think Adu's going to put someone through the floor. I think Zvonimir needs to be on that list. That's that's my big Bradshaw. three. I'm going to I'm going to say Dillingham, Adu, Zvonimir, probably Bradshaw. Now you have to choose between Justin Edwards and DJ. I have to choose between Reed or Joey Hart. You talk about wow, you know. I'm, I might have to go Joey Hart. Wow. Well, I mean, Joey Hart already has a wow moment. Exactly. So Is maybe that a, he should it's be like up a there. lock. It's a lock. He's gonna have like that Michael Mulder dunk against Asbury. Oh my god, that's my okay. honor, baby. I'm reading one more question from. Wait, who is this? Oh yeah, our, our good friend, friend of the show, Big Bourbon Barrel George, <laughs> Papa Washington. Um, he asked, well, he has two questions. One's a football and one's a basketball. And I'm just going to read the basketball one. Uh, no offense. Uh, what's one regular season game this year y'all have circled as the most important one and why? I know Mizzou, a good Mizzou at home, because if we lose, especially after the pony up comments, it won't be a good look. Oh, you said basketball. Basketball, sir. Oh, um, I think Gonzaga for me. Can't lose that game. Oh, y'all are cracking up. <laughs> I cracked really myself. Good. Up. I think Gonzaga. Um, I think uh, Miami would be a like bigger, like higher quality win, and so would Kansas. Either one of those would be higher quality wins. But I think that Gonzaga, you just like if you lose to Gonzaga, we now have a losing record against Gonzaga. Gonzaga well, I think I think Miami, Miami, and Kansas are too early for me to put that much weight in them. I want to say. Mm-hmm either that Gonzaga home game or that last SEC game of the season against Tennessee on the road, March 9th, possibly rough to no good takeover. By the way, um, we looked at the Auburn ticket prices for a potential rough to no good (laughs) takeover. 
No. Y'all are gonna have to buy a lot of t-shirts. For us to go I still there. might. I still might go. I still might go. Good for you, man. <laughs> not that. I want to go to the jungle, don't you? Yeah, I've I been there once. With oh. the Tennessee game, I wouldn't put as like one of the most important because Tennessee's gonna be probably a top ten team at least at some points in this yeah. uh, season. So on the road there, like we could be a top five team, go there and lose, and it's not gonna like be a stain on yeah. like our season. What I I would say is the most important as far as like the narratives uh, behind Cal and behind what is the is senior day against Vanderbilt at home, the game before that, because Vanderbilt beat us on senior day last year. That was a tough and game. And we've lost our last two games against Vandy. Uh, now we play Vandy at Memorial uh, earlier in the season. <laughs> Matt, uh, but that, that home game against Vandy should be a win should be an easy win but it should have been an easy win last year too and it didn't happen so i think that that's a really important game as far as like avoiding really awful narratives <laughs> for those who don't know <laughs> that was matt Sachs' last home game yeah and well, i was student, at that game in, in the eruption zone dark stu- yes yes sorry as a student or whatever uh but it was it was like a dark stormy like wet awful night there and but anyways, after the game, like we lose and Matt's just like standing at the bottom of the eruption zone, just like just standing there. You know what I mean? Just like and so I took some pictures for the for just so he could have them and for, <laughs> for Twitter to see like him soaking up his like final moment. But, but uh, yeah, me and my girlfriend were over there watching and just like, yeah, you're just looking out there at the court. So Tough. that that was the day where the sacks where the sack curse began to like fade away. Like it didn't fully fade away until that Kansas State game, or, or really until you graduated, because even after the season, we were getting all this awful news about our roster. Yeah. Until you graduated, then we started adding some players. So, but um, it, we we got some we got some positive like little trickles in there. Like we beat Arkansas on the road despite not having a single point guard. Um, and then we won a tournament ever. game. We won a tournament game. Something that didn't happen while I was still actively attending home games at the University of Kentucky. Do y'all remember? One. Do y'all remember? I, I, I reminded myself a second ago. Did I ever tell the story about when I went at Auburn? I don't, I don't know that story. If you, if you I didn't told know you it. even went to Auburn. Yeah, I went to the, well, I didn't go, I didn't attend the university of or Auburn university, but no I went one, to, no one heard it like that. No one thought that. Why would you? Okay, good. My, my, my freshman year, I have a friend from Alabama, um, and she knows people that go to Auburn. And the way their like student tickets work is like you just show them your idea and you get in for free. So me and like a group of four other friends, we it was like me, another guy, and then three girls. So we got two male student IDs for Auburn and three female ones. Uh, didn't even really look like us. But we used them, and we all got into Auburn Stadium for free in the front row of the student section. So if you go back and you watch that Kentucky-Auburn game on February 1st of 2020, a little before COVID, and you look at the ESPN broadcast, you will see me in my full blue Kentucky uniform in the front row of the Auburn student section. That's pretty good. That's fantastic. I didn't know about that. It was one of my favorite games ever, despite we uh, lost. But then we won and beat Auburn later and clinched the uh, SEC regular season title. So that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Do we have uh, any relevant questions left? 
Uh, I've got one. I want, I want to do this uh, for front of the program fable at fables burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really creative uh, question. I think favorite October slash November game of the Cal era. Um, off the dome. I didn't do any research on this. I think several champions classic games kind of pop up. Um, I don't know. Do we play in October? I'm pretty sure like season do. starts in November. Maybe once. Maybe um, yeah, but uh, I would say that the Kansas game in both 2015 and 20 or 2014, I guess, in 2011, as well as the uh, Maui Invitational in 2009, produced some good games in 2010. Um, yeah, I, I feel like those Kansas games are up there. Um, the the Champions Classic set like we've won when we beat Michigan State when we were number two in the country, and I think they were number one. Uh, that was 2019-2020 season. So I I think uh, Ashton Hagen – oh, Ty, the Tyrese Maxey shot that game. Um, and then I think it was the 2015 Champions Classic. We beat Duke. I went to that game. It was in Chicago. My dad yes. took me. Uh, Tyler Eulis played a really good game. Uh, Grayson Allen. Isaiah Briscoe. Isaiah Granson. Master class. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Isaiah – oh, my – why am I even saying – Grayson Allen did not have a very good game. He shot like two of 11. <laughs> um, very bad. The one that comes immediately to my mind is, I believe it was the 2019 game against Michigan State where Maxi just goes nuclear, hits that yeah. huge three late in the game, 26 points. I guess that would also be Champions Classic, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's then, That's a great event. Yeah. When we win. Like, I'm really happy that we kind of signed we up that win it as much as we used to, do we? We don't want it that much. No, no, we are. I think we actually have the worst Champions Classic record of all four teams. Oh, yeah. Since it's been going. Yeah, that's tough. But, you know. But that being said, I also think we have some of the best moments of any of the teams. That is that's a good question, though. Who yeah, was that? Great question. Thank you, Fable. Thank you, Fable. We love you, Fable. Also, did we talk about our, the AP poll ranking? Uh, it Did doesn't I... matter. Number sixteen. Who cares? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm happy. I know one person who cares, and it's Corey HBBN. <laughs> I thought that I thought that was a fair enough ranking. Anyways, I would have been surprised if we were top fifteen. I would have been really surprised if we were top ten, and I would have been a little surprised if we were outside the top. It's what I mean. Yeah, it's what we all expected. But I also don't think that a lot of these AP poll people have paid attention to the roster changes since like early june like the last time kentucky was in like the nationwide media for basketball is when jeff goodman tweeted out about um antonio reeves being enrolled at icu so like that's a lot of their last like major impressions like they obviously they probably heard of trey mitchell and they probably heard of zvonimir and they probably heard that antonio did come back uh but like the lasting impression of this offseason for a lot of these guys is negative uh so i i get it and I know that we're also not healthy, but I don't think they're voting based on that either. Um, we get to prove ourselves pretty quickly, though. Win against Kansas, and all of a sudden, we're going to be a top 10 team. Yeah, I, I think 10 years ago, five years ago, even, even just probably two or three years ago, a number one recruiting class and a key transfer and one or two returners justifies a top five ranking. Like, I remember Absolutely. like I remember the 2020 season uh even we we come off an elite eight loss we lose all of our best players 
Uh, Hagen's and quickly come back, but aren't really proven yet. Uh, Maxi was like our freshman, and like we didn't even have that good of a class. It was like literally just Leo like Maxi and uh, what is his name, the Dragon, Khalil, Khalil Whitney, and Dragon, Keon baby. Brooks, <laughs> Keon Brooks, Johnny Juzing. Um, and like we missed, like we missed on oh, who, who we missed on Kerry Blackshear. We missed on who was the other top center recruit that went to Memphis, James Wiseman. So we didn't even have that great of an offseason, and we were still like number two in the country going into the first game that benefit of the doubt that oh yeah cal will just take his talented players and he'll turn it around they've lost that so i like for a change that our guys are going to have to earn everything they're going to have to earn respect people aren't just going to see kentucky on their chest and get scared and assume they're going to be that good they're gonna to have to get that respect back and i couldn't think of a better group of guys to do it because these guys are all dogs and they work hard and they're super talented and from what i've seen they play super well together so far you know, it's corny. I forgot last week I said on here that there's a surprise, a swaggy oh. cow surprise for Big Blue Madness, and it didn't pan out. But y'all know what I was talking about. You know it was real. It was. WT. It was completely real. And Kyle, Tucker, Kyle Tucker tweeted out about it and, and you know, essentially said like, it was supposed to be Lil Wayne, and that's why Cal came out to that Lil Wayne song. But it just didn't. It didn't happen. It was supposed to, though. It was <sighs> tough times. Tough times. What can you do? Just fell through last minute, I guess. And there was a. I heard there was a second name, but I won't. Uh, there was a second name, and uh, I think Jack Pilgrim spread it on KS board, but that was never okay. one to be like. No, that, that was never like expected. But yeah, Lil Wayne was supposed to be there, just fell through kind of last minute. Well, I think that's all for this podcast. Let's uh, go win the blue-white scrimmage and get back on track with UK Athletics. Score prediction? I say blue team wins uh, 85-74. I'm going to say blue team wins 79-71, and Antonio Reeves is going to be the MVP, and he will set... Oh, that's such a basic He will set the blue-white record for most three-pointers made. (laughs) <laughs> only if they're giving away a weird little trophy. Yeah. Uh, I'll say my my MVP is going to be the one and only Aduth Hero. If, even with a rolled ankle. If Antonio Reeves starts the season off a little slow, can we create a fake trophy for every single game and then just ship it to the Wildcat Coal Lodge? <laughs> we'll just Dude, create different, <laughs> different ships. Because he has a seashell from the Bahamas last yeah. year. He's we can a put a little rep to no good the logo Canada on MVP. It. And then he's got a glowing, like, whatever crystal that is for Big Blue Madness. So as long as we give him just an odd little trinket, he will show up and show out. Can we order 40 little plastic rep to no good trophies and put Antonio Reeves MVP on them and just keep <laughs> shipping them to the coal lodge and just see... Like someone like in there has to like like he has to tweet it out or Cal has to be like all right who is doing this I think it'd be he's a really make good a friend bit. with one he's got to make a friend with one person in the lodge I think I know I I think I know who to contact I, I'll work on it all right too bad we don't have our boy uh, TJ anymore TJ yeah. would get it done oh yeah oh, um, uh, blue blue I'll say blue uh eighty three to uh, 73. Who's your MVP? <laughs> Saying arbitrary numbers. <laughs> Who did, did you take Antonio Reeves? I did. That's basic of you. We'll just say, uh, um, 
Reed Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> Proud to be an American baby. <laughs> oh, you know that's going to be in the comment section after the game. Oh, 100%. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. I appreciate you sticking with us for another way too long. We're up to no good, but we just had too much to talk about. I hope you're in a better mood after listening to this because I'm in a better mood after talking about it. And sports are going to sport and break our hearts sometime, but we're BBN through and through. So thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Go Cats. Shout out to Duke.